Amen. Well, welcome tonight to our Wednesday midweek service. We're actually starting a new message tonight uh, titled Humility Powered. Humility Powered. All right, so let's uh, uh, jump in, get into the word tonight, see what God has for us. We're going to go to uh, a scripture uh, actually uh, Trina Bailey used on fast week, but we're going to open up with that particular scripture. James chapter 4 and verse 6. James chapter 4, verse 6. It says, but he giveth more, he, I'm reading out of the King James Version. He giveth more grace, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto to the humble. And uh, then let's go to First Peter. Just a couple books over. First Peter five, and we'll we'll start here at verse five. First, First Peter five five it says, "Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder." It says, "Yea, all of you be subject one to another, right, and be clothed." With humility. Said for God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. It says, Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Right? So here we here we have two scriptures that is referencing humility and rep, rep, representing humility in the sight of God. So and the thing about humility, humility is taught through obedience. Humility is taught through obedience. And what it does, it, it, it's taught through obedience and it yields the reward of grace and exaltation. So it's taught through obedience and then it yields the reward of grace and exaltation. So, so and, and we understand grace is a, a level of favor that's unmerited or undeserved or unearned, but it's also an ability, the ability to to um, to uh, to do some things that God has called us to do, which is not something we've earned that we could do with our own might. Then exaltation, of course, promote, promotion. He'll exalt you in due time, right? He'll exalt you in due time, right? As we read in um, Philippians, uh, I mean, First Corinthians, I mean, First Peter five verse six. So humility is so interesting. Humility is a, is a place of entire dependence on God. Humility is a place of entire dependence on God. Just want to repeat it one more time. It's a place of entire dependence on God. So that humility looks like all God, none of us. It looks like all God and none of us. Now, now the thing about humility, it's a, it's a, it's a pure presentation. So it's purity is involved because humility doesn't involve what we would say mixture or pride. We talked about this uh, in the last, uh, last time we revisited humility. No mixture or pride. So humility is you, you're emptying you. 
In humility, you're emptying you. So if I go back to the beginning, it's a place of entire dependence on God. It's also a place of purity where there's no mixture, in particular, no mixture of pride. You know, pride will contaminate the, the, the posture of humility or the character of humility. We also said humility is empty you, empty you. But it's not just empty you, it's empty you making way for him. Empty you making way for him. Humility is empty you making way for him. So another way of communicating that is being and doing nothing by ourselves that God may be all. Being and doing nothing by ourselves that God may be all. I'll just repeat it one more time. Being and doing nothing of ourselves or by ourselves that God may be all. Let's go to John chapter 8. And we're going to read here verse 28. It reads, uh, Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself. Key word there. I do nothing of myself. But as my Father has taught me, I speak these things. So even Jesus, when he operates, Jesus was empty of himself. He placed his entire dependence on God. He, he didn't operate in pride. He, he was empty of himself making way for God. He was being and doing nothing of himself that God may be all. John chapter 8, verse 28. So, so that was his position of humility. And that's the position that he desires us to be in, just to operate in humility, to... to uh, um, to realize that, you know, apart from him, we can do nothing. We'll get into that scripture here in a little bit. But uh, I learned this years ago. Stay humble so you don't have to be humbled. So, so stay humble so you don't have to be humble. I, I, I like how, Ms. Lamar, I like how life goes. So even when you have to, like we, we, of course, we study for sermons, we prepare for sermons, but, but our life is the study of the sermon. So when God sends you in a particular direction to do something, you got to pay attention to what's going on in your exchanges throughout the week and stuff like that because that's a part of your message. Like he's pulling in, he, he's walking you through the message. So God is special where he'll, uh, I'm going to there's a reason why I said that. But he'll show you what he wants you want to talk about. He'll reveal scripture to you. He'll give you revelation and insight. But he'll have you have conversations that seem like every conversation is customized for what you're focused on, what's on your mind. Because God is writing this sermon out. And so I said that to say because I was just about to use an example that I, it just happened this week. It just happens all the time. So I was talking to somebody and... Uh, this uh, gentleman, uh, he's a contractor. He's a good friend of mine. 
just led to talk to him. And so I called him out of town, and we're talking. And, <laughs> and so we were talking about the old basketball days. And then we, he started asking about basketball that goes on now and some of the divas and stuff like that. And I said, well, you know, we was talking about talking trash. You know, people just be, you know, talking trash. I said, well, I said, if you remember, I didn't talk trash. I said, because I was taught something like, uh, my wife knows this because she used to be in the stands yelling it, like, get him in the net, get him in the net. So in other words, let my, if I'm playing basketball, my scoring do all my talking. I don't need to be, it ain't, I'm not out there on the court for a debate. I'm not there on the court with, with a, a jump rope and boxing gloves. I'm not out there to fight. I'm out there with a basketball to play basketball. And so I get you back by scoring or winning the game. So, so I gave him a scenario. It was a guy, he, uh, I had won a lot and did well around him a lot. So this particular day he was doing well and he's talking the whole time. Make a shot, talk it. Make another shot, talk. He talking. And my thought was, get back. You know, your thought is, he scored on me. He talking trash. I'm going to go back and get him with the Holy Spirit. I'm living for God now. He's like, just, just play the game. It'll work. It'll all work itself out. So I didn't, I, 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 I wasn't even thinking about him. So the way God worked it out, we're losing. And he has he, me hit all the, 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 the shots at the end and the winning shot. Now, somebody here is saying, Oh, then what did you say after that? I didn't say nothing. I went and got some water. But I said something without saying something. <laughs> and actually, what I did probably had a worse impact on him. Because if I would have said something back, he'd be like, okay, you got me. But, but he still would have felt valuable. Because I took the time to, to, to prove something to him. The fact that I just went and got some water, he's like, okay, so not only does this guy destroy me, he ain't had nothing to say. Like, hello? <laughs> like, do I have any value here? And so the guy was like, yeah, well, you know, some people, we just got to talk. You, you remember we were talking about this if you're watching this. And, but, but really, God was showing me something different, like in, in embracing the humility inviting the opportunity for the humility and letting God exalt me in due time, <laughs> right? And, and I think that's, that's something we have to learn. Um, and see, this is the thing. In the guy's case, if he would have just stayed humble, he wouldn't have had to be humbled. <laughs> and see, that's for us. If we stay humble, we don't have to be humble. So it's not like everybody has to go through every day a, 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 a life of humiliation. What it is is if you're exalting yourself, you're in God's way. So you're going to have to experience a level of humility to get out of the way, to realize you need to get out of the way. Because sometimes you might have to get out of the way. You're like, okay, I'll get out of the way, but I don't know why you got me out of the way. I can do just as good a job as God. <laughs> you know, no, we need to get out of the way. So, so, so just with that in mind, let's go to John 3.30. John, because this is, this is the, uh, our, another foundation for humility, the scripture here. I know I could have quoted this, not that long of a scripture, but it's good to set, set your eyes on it from time to time, you know? Uh, so John 3.30 says, he must increase and I must decrease. So that's our posture of humility. That's our posture as a man of God, 
as every level I'm looking to decrease when I get to that level, not increase. I'm talking about in character, in my exerting myself in this situation. I, every level I go to, I want people to see more of God and less of me, more of God. I was talking with uh, uh, our newest member, which, you know, you guys see him on, uh, uh, see our newest member on, on um, Sunday. And I was telling them, he was asking what I do on Saturday. Well, I said, Saturday, I try to spend time. If I know in advance what I'm, some of the stuff I do on Saturday, I do on Friday. But I really try to take that day uh, to get me out of the way. Yeah, I mean, I've already studied, but I want to get out the way. So when I go to minister, it's God and not me. You know, so, uh, and that's, so what am I trying to do? I want to decrease even though I may have what I'm supposed to say and it may seem like it, it could have a, a, a decent enough impact, I still want to make sure I'm not the one that's delivering this. Does that make sense? All right. So, uh, so, so this is the thing, you know, pride shows up before humility or pride actually places a demand in our life that we need humility. So, so if you're in a situation where you're being humbled and you're wondering why, you already know the answer. <laughs> pride, right? It's pride. Pride is why humility has shown up or this situation show up. So um, Proverbs 27, this is another foundational scripture that I endeavor to live by in my life. A lot of this, a lot of my humility was tested, you know, coming up playing in, in athletics, and then it was tested at a greater level when I got involved in ministry. Because your process to fulfill or your preparation for purpose can be humbling to some, even though it's actually what you need to go through, because it's not. Like God is not rushing your process to prove anything to anybody around you. Does that make sense? You know, it's, it's customized for your particular life. So, so Pro, uh, Proverbs 27, I told you that, right? Proverbs 27, verse 2. Proverbs 27, verse 2. Look, uh, let another man praise thee, not, and not thine own mouth, a stranger and not thine own lips. So here you have, let another man praise thee, not thine own mouth, a stranger, and not thine own lips. So, so again, we can find ourselves working very hard praising ourselves. You know, versus, you know, again, it's okay for, for you know, again, you to acknowledge and accept and receive the endorsement of others, but you got to watch uh, pumping yourself up. Does that make sense? And so let's go, let's, let's slip over. We're just in Proverbs 27.2. Let's slip, slip over to Proverbs 20. Proverbs 20. Again, we're talking about humility power. Us decreasing our, placing our entire dependence on God and God increasing. All right, so Proverbs 20, verse 6. Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6. 
It says, most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man, a faithful man who can find. Right? Uh, uh, there's another version says, most men make no secret of their kind acts, but where is the man of good faith to be seen? And so, so again, it's another version of let another man praise thee, not with thine own mouth, not with thine own lips. Why is it another version? Because most, pen, most, most men, most people, uh, male and female, want to stop and, you see me? Like I, I was telling you my granddaughter's story is we, at the little amusement thing. She said, Grandpa, you see me? So, so, so most people want to stop and go, you see me? Or want to post or, you know, and what I mean is like, it's always about, hey, <laughs> you, know, you know, you go, you help the lady across the street, and while you're helping her across the street, you stop the pose for a picture. Like, <laughs> like that's not, like, just do things out of your heart and let God make your name great, okay? Let God make your name great. I didn't write that down, but, you know, that is Bible. That's not Pastor Keith's opinion. The Bible says God will make your name great, right? Remember, he, he, he waxed, Jesus waxed strong in power, and then it says his fame went throughout all Israel, right? All right, so, so, so uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. So, so this, 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 how can I say this principle of humility um, for these next levels of, of, of promotion people are going to go through in their life, this principle is going to help us to not uh, limit God's desire to elevate us beyond where we may really want to go because we'll humbly be able to embrace it. God will get the glory at every stage um, and we'll recognize there's no competency of ourselves. Uh, we talk about that in spiritual authority a lot. I, I believe I got that phrase uh, from Watchman Nee. I believe I did. I, I could, the Lord could have gave it to me, but I think I got it from Watchman Nee in spiritual authority. So there's no competency of ourselves. The best of ourselves has come from God. Now, what, is, what is it, Zechariah? Uh, it's not my power and my might. Well, by, not, it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, saith the Lord, right? Or, and then what's the other scripture um, in Deuteronomy 8? It says, uh, don't say to yourself, my power, my might has gotten me this wealth, right? Yeah, Deuteronomy 8, 17, I believe it is, right? So, so it's not about our power and our might. It's, it, it's the thing that God's doing. So 1 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 12, it says, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. Let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. See, that's the mindset of, of one who's operating in a level of humility. Like not... Uh, tempted to be overconfident. Uh, we know this. Uh, I know I don't have it for the people that's watching online, but in Psalm 19, it says, uh, uh, Lord, keep me away from presumptuous sins. The word presumptuous means overconfidence, right? 
So, so this is saying, you know, wherefore let him thinketh, that thinketh he standeth, like thinketh it's with his own might, his, his level of strength and his own swagger. Um, it says, take heed lest he fall. It's, it's saying, watch out for pride, especially when you cross over into successes and achievements. Each level of achievement. Do you, you realize a new car can, can start the process of you getting in pride? Do you realize that? Like you, a new house, a new position, money that you didn't have before, you can almost like shift your whole focus and angle. You know, you can get overconfident. So this scripture is your warning, hey, because promotion is coming. So it's saying, hey, take heed lest you fall, right? You know, that pride comes before that fall, right? So the key to elevation or, or power is to pass the test, and that test is called humiliation. The key to elevation and power is to pass the test, and that test is called humiliation. Remember we read James 4, 6, Right? He giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Then we read in 1 Peter 5, just revisiting it, you know, uh, verse 5, likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder, yea, all of you be subject one to another. So we're all in a living a life of humility and submission. It says, look, and be clothed with humility. We could say be cloaked with it, submerged in it. It says, where's humility? Don't visit it. Don't have humility moments as we talk about faith, have you, having a, a humble life. It says, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Verse 6, humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God and he, that he may exalt you in due time. Right? Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Right? So that exaltation demands humiliation. Exaltation demands humiliation. Right? Something we talked about when we uh, visited this hum uh, humility one time before. And this is the thing, like, so, so, so in... One of the teachings on humility, we, we spend time, um, we'll go, go over here now. Let's just go over here, and then we'll talk about it. The, the, you know, in the core of humiliation are these two pillars here, Matthew 5. Let's go to Matthew 5. I won't get into all that I've already taught before. I know it's out there on video, but... I think this was important for us to just, just as a watering, as a watering. So Matthew 5, we'll start at verse 3. Matthew 5, verse 3. So we talked about all this grace and favor. So again, all that's packaged in this word called blessed, right? So blessed um, are the poor in spirit. 
And remember, poor are them that are without. So um, it says the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. That the phrase poor in spirit is emptying of self, right? It's, it's, it's humility. You could say, blessed are the humble, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, the rule and reign in that heaven realm. So blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So again, to, to operate in the level of rule and reign in heaven and earth, you have to be uh, in meekness and humility. You have to operate in meekness and humility, at that full package of humiliation. So people uh, live this life and they act as though that meekness and humility will rob us of power, uh, not understanding it is power. It's the key to power to operate in a level of meekness and humility. So you ask yourself why, and of course this is a, a watering, it's something that we've talked about before, because humility is empty of self. Remember we, you know, we talked about it earlier in the definition, humility is to be empty of self. I must decrease, he must increase, John 3.30, right? But meekness is not self-seeking. So it's one thing to empty yourself, to empty to be empty of self, but you're not going to seek self again, right? See, you're removing self, so it's all God and none of you, right? So humility is empty of self. Meekness is not self-seeking. Uh, we've given you the definition before, but meekness, persuading in return for attack. That's why Moses was considered meek. Remember, uh, Aaron and Miriam came and had him crazy. The prideful person or the person that's not meek, uh, that's already walking in a level of authority and power like Moses was, you know, when Miriam got that leprosy, he's like, good, good, I can't hear you. You was talking trash a minute ago, questioning what I was doing a minute ago, almost like you hear from God just like I do, okay? Okay, what's up with the leprosy? What's up with the boils? I don't hear your mouth talking now, right? But he didn't do that. The Bible says he interceded. He persuaded in return for attack. See, the first step of a person operating in meekness and humility, when somebody comes at them, their first response is not retaliation, it's reconciliation. First th their first answer to the person is looking to restore, to recover, and to, to reconcile, not to battle. You see what I'm saying? So that's why there's power. It takes power to do that because it's so easy to retaliate, to do get back, right? And so even though we think it would rob us from power to operate in meekness and humility, uh, not understanding it is power, this is the thing. Um, this, this level of operating in humility and uh, this, this, this wonderful thing called humiliation that leads to exaltation or elevation, um, we, something in us says, well, I am humble, ask God. But actually your true test of humility is how you are before men. I mean, if God's standing right here, we want to think, I mean, we know we're some cold folk that still would reverence him. But for the most part, it, it probably doesn't take a whole lot if, if God is right there in your presence. 
But your true test of humility is man. That's why in, um, to have authority, you have to submit to authority, right? But the hard part about submitting to authority is you have to submit to a man. God's delegated authority. So a lot of times we go to God. So God, I, you know, I want to talk to you. Yeah, this fool over here trying to tell me what to do. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we, we got a relationship. And God's sitting there going, what did he say? What did she say? Yeah, 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 I understand all that, guy, but you know how we roll, you know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody got time. What did he or she say? That's my delegated authority. Like, I put them in place for a reason. That's why they had to go through Jesus, not around them. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, God is like, what did Jesus say? Talk to Jesus. What did, what did the Holy Spirit say? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, like it's set up. Not to take something from us, but to get something to us. And that's power, right? Because it takes humility to submit to anybody. So God set up a system where we have a plenty of opportunity to, be submit, to, to, to operate in submission to draw power from others, right? Right, so humility before men is the only significant proof or the tangible proof that our humility before God is real. Because we are humble, not selectively humble. Not humble in the face of what, who we reverence. We're just humble. Humble is what? Empty of self. See, we consider self in certain situations because we, we uh, Mr. Lamar talked about this a while ago. Uh, we was, I think it was a men's thing. Remember when you say how men has a, have a way of always sizing themselves up? You, know, you roll up on a brother. You know, start checking them there, but head to toe. I mean, he all right, but his shoes ain't sweeter than mine. <laughs> As if they have anything to do. Women do the same thing. Like, you know, that's, you know, why you had a little, you know, that's a shame the brothers be rolling like that. <laughs> Women be doing the same thing, you know, right? But if you empty yourself, you're not trying to size nobody up, right? If you're living in, in being empty yourself, right? Right. So beyond uh, 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 the posture that we assume when we think of God and pray to him, uh, humility is the very spirit of what we carry out in our supposed daily death of self. So humility is beyond the posture that we assume when we think of God or we're praying to him. It goes beyond that. But it's the very spirit of what we carry out in our supposed daily death of self. All right, so let's, 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 let's dive into that just a little bit. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. First Corinthians 15, and we'll, we'll hit here. Verse 31, it says, I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ, Jesus our Lord. He says, I die daily, right? He says, I die daily. Again, you know, we can get into the whole chapter, but just so, uh, you know, we can communicate and this is some proper text here. He's saying the more, basically what he's saying is the more praise you add on to my life, the more pride I have to kill daily. Because <laughs> so remember, he says, 
I'm protesting by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus, my Lord. So what you're rejoicing about and what you're praising me for, the only reason I'm even doing this is because of Christ Jesus. And now I'm positioned even more to die daily because the more God uh, uses me, the more impact I'm having, the more people are moved to what? Praise me. So the more I got to die. Not the more I got to gloat. Not the more I got to go, yeah, yeah, what? What? You ain't never heard nothing like that, did you? Did you? I know, I know, I know. I'm sweet with that revelation like that. See, see that? Hey, don't, don't nobody take no sound bouts out of that. That was a joke. That was being sarcastic. <laughs> That's not how I think, right? See, so the more that, the more you have, the more you got to work to die, I, you know, I probably get on people's nerves. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. We're not trying to get on nobody's nerves. Glory is not designed for us to, to store or to, to rest with. It's something that we're supposed to defer to God. That's what some of these different artists, I won't say no names, but they've, 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 their minds got destroyed because thousands upon thousands, I'm thinking of somebody in particular because I've actually seen the video, thousands crying. <laughs> Almost like bowing down, worshiping. That's not that person's fault. That people were like, ah, 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 there go, ah, there go, there Like, that's not their fault. What they did with that glory is. You see what I'm saying? It was not their fault that people gave glory to them. What they did with the glory once it was given is on them. It has to be deferred to God. All things you do, you do to the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, right? Oh, you do it wholeheartedly as under God, Colossians 3. Right? This is Pastor Mel's favorite scriptures, right? Herod, that was the challenge. The challenge wasn't that he was, so, he's like a God. He didn't tell him what to say. The challenge was what happened after. Yeah, I am, ain't I? <laughs> then he got eaten up. Worms ate them up from the inside out, right? You see, so, so glory is not to be stored by us humans. We can't do nothing with it. it will, we'll lose our minds. We'll get caught up in pride. We'll, we'll you know, we, we'll start to, I was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say, what type of holes and stuff we'll create? Then you figure out what I was talking about. So I'm not going to tell you that, right? But we'll start doing some weird stuff. Because that glory is messing with our head. It's, so all glory is, goes to God. That's why you hear me say glory to God. Because it is God's glory. Right? Does that make sense? Alright, so, 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 see, with that in mind, see, in humility, we're able to bear others praised, ourselves unrecognized, and even forgotten at times. In humility. In humility, we can bear others praised and ourselves unrecognized and even forgotten at times because we're in humility. We're inviting an opportunity for this humility. And, and, and so I'm going to give a person props that I got that statement from. That's not something that, that I, I made up. I was uh, uh, as an armor bearer, personal assistant, a, a ministerial assistant at the last church. So, I, you know, I went to all the different things that we did. So if 
you know, the pastor went to funerals, I'm at the funeral, you know, I'm there, you know. I just made myself available for a lot of things. And then sometimes I was asked to be available, you know, because I'm trying to learn. So, I, so we go to this one funeral and I got the message. So the message was, uh, we need pastor, we need the pastor, <laughs> I was about to say the name, but we need the pastor to, to come to the funeral. So, so we get there, uh, well, I don't think it's like a, well, just in case it could be something derogatory, I won't say names. So, so when we get there, there was a guy, he must have been in the city, the funeral guy. Some cities have funeral guys, you know, like, you know, where every funeral, this guy's at. He don't know the people, but he's, you know, this guy's at all the funeral. He has a relationship with the funeral home. Y'all, the people that's been around for a while, y'all, y'all, y'all seen that, right? you be like, he said he was at the other funeral. Like, <laughs> like he's not, not even feeling, so, so this guy catches us coming in. And he says, uh, so, uh, pastor, uh, he's talking to the pastor. He said, so, uh, so you here to support the family? I'm not stupid. He was basically saying, because I'm doing a funeral. But he didn't say it. Like, these, everybody got codes. You know, I'm a young minister, so I'm learning this stuff. Right? I was like, now, I'm, I'm, I'm young minister, but I'm, I'm new to this. So I'm still thinking how I would think, not how I think now. <laughs> right? I'm like, so why are you rolling up on my pastor like that? And now he's here. So I wait for him to say, nah, now nah, I'm here to do the funeral, bro. You know, something like that. Like something to let the guy know, appreciate you making a request. But he didn't. He said, he said, I'm just here to support the family. So I'm bothered. What do you mean you're here to support the family? You're not here. We got the call. You came here to do the funeral. So now we go in the back with all the people. With all the ministers. So we're in the back. So the guy looks on the program. He goes, okay. He goes, uh, looking at this program here, I don't see where I can get you in. Now, all these are mind games. So he's telling the person, you ain't speaking today <laughs> without saying you ain't speaking today. I, I can see it. Like, I just don't see where you get there. So th- this was the, my pastor's response at the time. He says, no problem. I'm just here to support the family. So I'm like, nah, nah, I'm, this is what I'm saying to myself on the inside. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting more and more frustrated. Nah, nah, dude, no, no. We, you want me? Because that's how I used to be. Like, I, I, I'm an advocate. So I would be like, just say the word, and I'll take care of it. You, I'll make you look good. You don't have to say nothing. I'll be like, listen, we can write them in, and this is how we'll, we'll write them in. At. You know, I would have just, because I, I didn't care. Um, but so we go, so, so we sit, you know, you have, you have the, uh, you know, you got the, the big, stack, you know, you got the wall, and you got all the seats. So we're sitting in the, in the seats. And so the guy says, uh, he, he, he's facilitating, he says, okay, the, it, we're going to give all these ministers, you know, an opportunity to speak. Now, two minutes. I don't want y'all here preaching no sermons. And so he goes and speaks to this person, this person. So he gets to the pastor I came with. He said, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. I'm just here to support the family. He didn't even speak in the two minutes. So everybody speak. He does the, the guy does the eulogy, and he turns around. And he goes, hey. He says, he didn't ask this time. He says, all right, so we're going to have this, 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 and, and pastor such and such, you can, um, you, could, you could do the prayer. Like, he must have felt bad. You know, he just involved him in doing something. So we leave. And, and um, so I'm walking him to his car. He says, where you parked? I said, I'm parked over here. He says, well, tell you what, I'll take you to your car. So I had to ask the question. I said, 
you were supposed to do that funeral, funeral, right? Like, you know, you think you're crazy, going crazy, right? You're like, why are you supposed to do that funeral? He said, yeah. He said, Keith, but I needed to invite the opportunity for humility. I said, huh? I had never heard that before. What does that mean? Explain that. He says, well, in every aspect of my life, I'm in charge. Like, I've run everything that I'm doing. When I'm surprised with situations that are humbling, I got to invite them. I can't be tempted to save face. I have to invite this opportunity for humility. How else am I going to exercise it? I was like, so calm me totally. Like, I got it. And I've been using that ever since. You have to invite opportunities for humility. See, we're tempted to save face every chance we get. What is that feeding? That's, fe that's feeding pride, right? It's feeding self. Self is the one that we have to empty ourselves of. We can't seek self no more. So, so we got to kill self. When you invite opportunities for humility, who you think going to die? Self. So you decrease and who increases? You walk into some power now, right? See, true humility doesn't look timid and docile. It's okay. You, you, you go ahead. You, that's not true humility. True humility looks powerful. Because when you decrease, God increase, and his glory is all over you. You look like the power of God when you're in humility. See, you're humility power. Does that make sense? All right, so, so, so it's, 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 uh, how can I say this? So we said in humility, we're able to bear others praised and ourselves unrecognized, even forgotten, right? Because we've learned to say in God's presence, I am nothing in myself, you are everything. I am nothing in myself, you are everything. Now, you notice in God's presence, sometimes we have the pretense before man, but we're operating differently in our heart, and that's what God is measuring. So let's look at 2 Corinthians 12. 2 Corinthians 12. So this, 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 this elevation that's coming, these promotions that's coming, um, God... You know, a lot of us if uh, in this fair family and those that are connected and those that are watching, a lot of us have gone through a lot to, be, to get to this level. And it's been excruciating. And so it's time for breakthrough. So to break through only to temporarily taste the level that you've been waiting for your entire life is defeating the whole purpose. God doesn't want that. So he's making sure when we go into this next level, we're humility powered, right? Humility powered. God doesn't want us just to obtain. He wants us to maintain and reproduce at this next level that he's sending us to, right? So, so I watch now, I watch how people uh, freelance and, they, and they, they, they work hard to be unaccountable. What they're working hard to do is to stay in pride. See, because accountability is, 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 is a vehicle or it's a, it's a station where you can train yourself and grow in humility. 
look at look if we're all transparent, look at all the things that we in our own little lab, you know, we you know, we got our lab, right? You know, in our own little life, well, I'm going to just work this out over here. I don't want nobody to see this because they see this, you know. Yeah, people are always trying to criticize and stuff like that. But they don't know. They don't know. You know, hey, that's their opinion. They think what they want to think. I ain't trying to do all that right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, once I work this out, I showed them. I showed them. I, really? Is that what we're doing now? We, we, we just trying to show them? Who, who the... I have met them. But who are they? Do you know who them are? You see what I'm saying? Like we, 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 we doing too much when God has set it up. Take my yoke upon me. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You adding burdens that's not necessary. See, get self out the way. Self is the one adding all these burdens. Get self out the way and you flowing like because Hey, I, I ain't trying to prove nothing. I'm trying to be something. I'm not trying to prove myself. I'm trying to be what God does. So 2 Corinthians 12. Um, verse 11. It says, I, it says, I am become a fool in glorying. You have compelled me, for I ought to have uh, been commended of you. For nothing I am behind the very chiefest apostles, though I be nothing. Now, 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 Paul said, you know, Paul went on to a row, so, you know, you know, listen, I've done this, I've done that. He, but what he was, he, he was, he was sitting with them. He said, listen, man, God set this thing up wonderfully. I just told you, Proverbs 27, 2, let another man praise thee, not with thy own mouth, not with thine own lips. If we're all family, people should celebrate you. He's saying this. He says, why, why would y'all provoke me to let y'all know what my value is so I can give you what you need? But you rolling with me like, you should have been talking about me. You should have highlighted my value. I shouldn't have to. I mean, you gotta, I'm giving you the benefit of me studying it out, okay? Like, that's what he was saying. You know, I mean, I know he closed out with I am nothing, but he was saying it. I mean, it's all Christ, but he's saying like, come on now. Don't play me. Don't put, don't tip me. We family. Right? Hey, Mr. Lamar, that was sweet. Not, man, he, you know, why are you talking? Ain't nobody asked you to talk. All right, so go ahead and say this. See, that's not, that, that's off. Right? That's, but we're not subject, submitting ourselves one to another when we do that. Right? Right? Say, say, we could, this thing, we could dominate. Like, you ever watch, I don't know, I'm a sports guy, you ever watch games of teams that they don't really care who score? You love watching them games, and they win a lot, don't they? You know why? Because don't nobody care who score. But, but the teams with the egos struggle. Struggle. Because the person is saying, no, 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 it's the clutch shot, I got to take it. Because it's all about me. I got to, uh, uh, didn't the team lose a, a Super Bowl? Because they, they had to orchestrate who should have scored the touchdown instead of just letting it flow the way it was supposed to flow. Right? Perfect example. I didn't say no names. If you're watching out there where everybody knows that play watch football, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? They keep showing that clip too. <laughs> 
I should have just let it flow. All right, so, so John 15, John 15. We talk about John 15 a lot here in, in this church because it's powerful. But John 15, uh, now I studied this so much, I might have to add this to my recommended daily allowance. John 15, verse 1. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husband man. This is every branch in me, inside of me, connected to me, uh, invested in me, right? It says, that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Now, that's a punishment. It ain't doing what it was designed to do. It says, every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Not as a punishment but that it may bring forth more fruit, right? Right? I mean, you see that with, with uh, fruit trees and flowers, like the rose bushes, they, they kind of cut them to make room for more branches, more roses, right? Verse 3, it says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Verse 4, Abide in me, right? And I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit, this fruit that it's supposed to bear of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. And we know that word means to remain in me, right? Verse 5, I, I am the vine. Now, he gave you the whole explanation. He said, listen, I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Look, for without me, ye can do nothing. He didn't even say, some of these things you ain't going to be able to do without me. Is that what that scripture said? It said, without me, you could do what? See, but, there's a, but, but to embrace this scripture, there's a level of humility, empty of self, and not self-seeking. You got to operate in it. You got to be living in humiliation. The, humility, humiliation. It's just, a, you know, the suffix, right? Right? So, so it's, like, it's a life of, I live in humility. Just like a Christian, I live in Christ. Right? So, so what he's saying is like, just in making that statement, uh, apart from me, you could do nothing. Well, I'm going to put that to the test. The person that reads God's word, it, okay, everybody got different types of Bibles. Some people are using their apps. But I actually have a Bible here. That's in red. So that means Jesus talking, right? So Jesus just said, apart from me, you could do nothing. And somebody is going to, it's optional for some people. It takes a level of pride to be like that, right? For, for, for you to say, well, there's some things I can do without you. <laughs> Again, that's not, I didn't ever say nobody was evil, but wouldn't, you, wouldn't it have to be a level of pride for you to say, well, for this thing, I don't need you. So I'm not totally empty of self yet. Not that I'm trying to be evil, I'm not totally empty of self, right? So I'm not totally in humiliation, right? See, the, uh, the humble are unmoved when others are preferred and blessed before them. The humble are unmoved when others are preferred or blessed before them. Now, you may say to yourself, why do I have to even process whether I'm unmoved or not? Because you're being prepared for something. Not there's things that you can do, there's things that you want to do, but there's things that you've been designed and purposed to do, right? So some of us have participated in our can-dos. Some of us have participated in our want-tos, our, our, our want right? 
it's rare that we've participated in our purpose to do's, our design to do's, but that's where our true fulfillment is, right? And so, so during this process, you, we, we're, we're gonna go through self-test. If there's too much self in there that's gonna actually contaminate what God has purposed you to do. And so when people are preferred, when sometimes it seems like you skip, when sometimes it seems like you ignore it, those are just tests. And if you embrace them in humility, exaltation is waiting. So I was working at a job, and uh, so, so I'm learning these, these, these principles. You know, first book I read uh, when I got serious about God, my sister actually gave it to my sister Diane. It was uh, Abiding Christ. The second book I read was Humility by the same author, Andrew Murray. Those, so, so, so now, you know, I'm out there balling before I start living for God and moving to Ohio. All I thought about is basketball, right? So I'm not reading no books. I don't have time to read no books. But when I moved to Ohio, they had stole my car for the fourth time. So I went out there, I was catching the bus. I, I got a lot of reading there, man. And as I read those books, and then now um, I take on this job, I work in corrections, and I, I'm 100%, I'm going to do 100%, 150, 160%, whatever percentage every time I get a job. I know some people say there's no such thing as more than 100. I said it for emphasis. All right, so I do this job, and uh, I had this manager, uh, I, th I think I've told the story before, that wouldn't show up. So I'm really d doing the job. And... I've, I had been in his position, but in another state, I just took the job and says, okay, well, I'll just learn their system, and eventually, you good, they promote you. So I noticed all these people getting promotions, and I'm like, well, I, I overqualify. So how come nobody's asked me to work on the job? So a guy comes up to me and says, Keith, how come you don't apply for these positions? I said, I figured, you, I figured you're good, they promote you. He said, Keith, people need to know you're interested. Somebody needed to hear that. People need to know you're interested. So I saw, never heard that angle. And see, if you teach me a principle, I'm going to apply it right away. So I fill out, I apply for the position. I'm not applying for the position thinking I'm going to get it. I'm applying for the position saying, I, well, I know I'm going to get it. I'm more than qualified. I'm in Ohio. I did this in New York in a much more strenuous situation. Right? I'm trained. I was trained, crisis intervention, stuff like that. Okay, fine. No problem. Well, <laughs> You have to qualify even for an interview, too. Well, I didn't get an interview. I'm like, something's wrong. So, see, now I'm already on this momentum. So I go talk to the, the head guys like, okay, okay, you, you don't necessarily have to give me the job, but I didn't get an interview? I know I qualify for an interview. He said, let me pull out your application. He says, well, looking at your application, he says, based on what you told me uh, your, your, uh, your training is, None of this information is on your application. I said, well, there's only two lines to write anything. I wrote, I summarized it so I can fill in the two lines. He said, Keith, you need to attach an addendum. I said, well, where is that written on the application that I can attach an addendum? He said, Keith, you get points per class. Every class you've ever taken needs to be on this application. And they score, the, you're, you're not getting an interview, it has nothing to do with your qualification, it has something to do with your score. You didn't score. Put all those classes on there, you more than score enough. I did that, I got an interview. Guess what, still didn't get the job. 
They gave the job to somebody that didn't qualify for an interview. They gave the job to somebody that was more, I'm going to call, you're going to take this personal, but this is my opinion. person was more custodial. I loved dealing with the, the youth. And, and they gave them my unit that I was already doing. And I had to train the person. I said, God, what is this? He said, you told me you're doing everything that's under me, right? Why does the circumstances make a difference? Does the scripture say do all things as unto me, but if the circumstances are unfair, you don't have to? He said, this would be a good time for you to use that humility you've been talking about. <laughs> so once God told me that, I said, okay, well, I I came, I came to the guy, I said, hey. I said, I think I'm merging two, two different promotions. So the story might not be exactly right on it. But I, do, I did come to the, this particular person that, was, that got the job. I said, uh, what do you need me to do? Whatever you need me to do. And they got red. They're like, is he serious? Because they knew they had my job. I said, whatever you need me to do, I'll do it. I came in the next day after God told me that. Well, I ended up, make a long story short, I ended up getting a promotion, which set me up to work for the church, which got me closer to what I was purposed to do. I wasn't thinking about all that at the time, but God was, right? So there's some tests to pass, right? I, so this is, this is the thing. The insignificances, insignificances of our daily life are the important test of eternity because they prove what spirit really possesses us. Pride or humility? So I'll repeat that. The insignificances of our daily life are the important tests of eternity because they prove what spirit really possesses us. Pride or humility? See, see, so, so when we're going through the wilderness, the scripture says in Deuteronomy 8, 2, it says why? To, first thing, what? To humble us. Well, we can look at it real quick just you know I think we, we just have a we have a couple of minutes but let's just look at this Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 8 verse 2 now, now look this attaches to all of our lives look it says, and thou shalt remember all the way, everything that we've dealt with, even the things that were insignificant, all the way which the Lord thy God led thee, look, these 40 years. Some of us can literally relate to the 40 years, right? It says, in the wilderness, look, thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness, look, to humble thee, to Prove thee, test thee, to know what was in thine heart, whether thou would keep his commandments or not, when I promote you. You know how we say, Lord, you give me this, I'm going to do this. When we are going through the wilderness, we're finding out what we're really going to do. So how we are now with God, our level of investment, our consistency, you know, I've heard this years ago. Uh, they, said, they said money makes you more of who you are. Like money don't, 
you th they say money changes people. Yeah, it, cha it just magnifies where they were at their core. Position does the same thing. It's, it magnifies where you were at your core. So in this process, we're the delay. We think people are. We're the delay. Are we humble? Are, are we keeping his commandments regardless of circumstances? Right? See, see, so the insignificances of daily life are the important test of eternity because they prove what spirit really possesses us, pride or humility. See, when our guard's down, the unsupervised errors of our lives reveal the true measure of promotion. The true measure of promotion is a genuine heart. See, the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, verse 7, it says, man looks on the outward appearance. Remember, it was, it was, an, it was a, a, people were being called up to be promoted, who was going to be anointed to next king. And, 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 the, and the people that had the posture, had the swag, had the resume, those were the only people called to be anointed. The people that looked on the outside like, surely it's got to be one of these guys, one of Jesse's sons, right? The people that if, if it was a world, if, if, the, if the world was promoting them, one of them guys definitely would have got the job. Because they had complied to all the things that would give you props to them that are in the world. And when, and, and when Samuel came, and Samuel's like, okay, Lord, which one? He's like, ain't none of them. So Samuel's like, you got another, you got any, is there anybody else? He said, yeah, I got another son, but it can't be him. It's impossible. God told, God's telling Samuel, hey, man looks on the outward appearance. I look on the heart. See, so all these things we're going through is for God to see our heart. I'm telling you, I've seen it a thousand times. I've seen it here in this church. When people make heart adjustments, it, it almost creates a supernatural acceleration to the things that God wanted to do in their life. And the whole time people go, I wonder what happened. You, you, you made a heart adjustment. You crossed over into humility and meekness. You're living in humiliation. So you're allowing God to exalt you. See, you buried. The only way you getting up is if God gets you up. That's true humility. You're totally decreased. You, you gone. But when you, when you can feel like, what about me? That's self. That ain't, that ain't your heart that God wants to elevate. What about me is saying, I'm going to help myself be resurrected. I can't believe they forgot about me. Look, man, others, this happened for other people. You know, I've been working hard. All that is self. That's all, that's, that's, I want to draw in somebody to help me to elevate. I'm helping myself there. Respectfully, pity parties is helping self. But no matter what I go through, I heard my wife say this, I don't look like what I've gone through. I'm waiting on God to resurrect. And I'm going to tell you, you can resurrect yourself. But you'll be cheating yourself from the fulfillment God has for you. 
If you resurrect yourself, guess what? You got to sustain yourself. You got to cover yourself. You got to bless yourself. You got to give yourself favor. You got to promote yourself. But if God resurrects you, he's responsible to keep you alive, to bless you, to promote you, to favor you. The life that I now live, I live through Christ. So he's responsible. Not me, but if I'm resurrected myself, if I'm the one, my power, my might has got me to this place, it's all on me. So don't be sad, don't be mad. It's all on you. It's all on yourself. I'm splitting up the word and putting a dash between. It's all on your self. <laughs> right? Just for this conversation, let's not put the word together. Your dash self. Let's isolate self as some separate entity that keeps getting in the way of us elevating. That keeps stealing the humility in our lives. Okay? All right. Well, let's, 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 uh, we can get into the rest next week. <laughs> All right. Let's end right there, okay?